The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Kimberly Hill was born in Vancouver, Canada. She is an international confidence coach who spent over nine plus years working in financial derivatives across Singapore and Australia. She has an honors degree in business administration that she obtained from BCIT, where she was also elected class president and awarded a scholarship for academic achievement. At 20 years old, she set off on a backpacking trip that accidentally turned into 10 years living away from home and the experience of traveling over 30 countries. In 2018, after coming to the realization that she needed to make a major life change, she resigned from her career in finance to pursue becoming a full-time confidence coach. She now dedicates her time to helping people discover their kick-ass confidence. Kimberly helps individuals increase their self-belief and confidence to get unstuck in work and life, and she'll make sure you have fun while you're at it. She is known for her high energy, humor, creativity, and compassion. While Kimberly has a deep passion to help people feel confident in life and work, for many years she suffered quietly with a depression and bulimia. With so much mainstream news and social media, it's common for many of us to get caught up in negative comparison and imposter syndrome. As a result, she has dedicated her life to helping others avoid the same fate and spends her time learning about personal development, 
confidence, spirituality, and self-compassion. She is also a level one Reiki healer. In her spare time, Kimberly, when she's not cooking, reading, laughing, or hanging with her nephew, she writes about confidence, career advice, and spirituality. You can find her and some of her work at www.kimberlyninahill.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? Wow, thank you. What an intro. Um, I'm fanta- I am fantastic this morning. It's so it's so interesting when somebody um, reads out a bio about you. It, uh, it kind of doesn't feel real, you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I hear that almost every time I interview a guest each week and they're like, is that me? Are you really talking about me? And it's like, yeah, kudos to you. You're the one who's acquired all of this. You're the one who stepped into it. So congratulations on everything that you've achieved. And more importantly, just your well-rounded self and really speaking out about topics that are very vulnerable. And as I've spoken about with many guests before, vulnerability is a strength. It's not a weakness. So for the ways in which you continue to pay it forward to be of service and being the walking, talking, breathing example, I want to say thank you very much, Kimberly. Well, thank you. And likewise to you, I listened to your, uh, it flipped back on you a few uh, weeks ago where you were interviewed and you're sharing your story and absolutely same to you. It's, uh, it's really what I feel is that uh, our stories and our vulnerability is what really glues us together as humanity. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your kind words. And, you know, for the benefit of the listening audience, because everybody who I interview on some level has aspired or achieved some level of success. But in terms of being relatable to, you know, the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers, I like to go back and I like to dig deep and talk about the inception of the journey because we know for you to have aspired to get to where you are at today, that certainly did not come without falling on your face. It didn't come (laughs) without adversity uh, and all of those things. So let's talk about some of the things that were cited in the bio, like the bulimia and depression and, and what really morphed you onto the path of knowing this was your purpose, this was your calling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still fall on my face a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wow. I mean, that is going a fair way back for me. I mean, I struggled with all of that when I was really uh, in my teenage years in high school. And I mean, that's actually when most men and women reach their lowest levels of uh, confidence, right? It's just we're trying to figure out who the, the heck we are in this world. And um, do that in amongst all the pressures of school and what's happening at home and, and having friendship groups and also trying to be cool or whatever it is that you're trying to be at the time. And uh, for me, I just, I didn't feel I had the the framework or the tools to really understand how to take care of myself properly. I didn't understand or have the awareness that I have now around taking time out and balance and self-compassion and um, and allowing your energy not to be impacted by other people. Um, and at the time I didn't. So I took on board all of the feelings <laughs> yes. of, that were going on. And I felt like, yes, I have strong shoulders, but you know, in life we can't do everything all on our own all the time. And I, I felt like I did. I felt like I had to shoulder all of the stress that I was going through, like in quiet. And as a result, I, you know, I isolated myself. I lost friends. I ended up getting bullied. I, I kind of went into that bit of isolation. And, and then what I felt was a real lack of control over my life. And when you feel like you're losing control, you can turn to very destructive behaviors. And for me, that manifested into an eating disorder because 
I didn't have control over anything in my life outside of, you know, what I could put into my body in terms of food. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, that led me down, you know, a bit of a dark road there where, um, you know, I suffered with that for a few years. But, um, hey, we're resilient, right? And we, yes. can get, we can get through these things that knock us down. And, you know, now looking back on it, I mean, I wouldn't even change that experience because um, it taught me so much about myself. And, um, and now I feel like I'm in a better position to help other people who have gone through uh, their own struggles because, you know, like I said in the very beginning of this, that's what binds us together is our stories and our vulnerability. So absolutely, absolutely. So what was what was part of the catalyst in terms of, you know, turning uh, the page and really coming out of the abyss of the dark period that you sat in with the eating disorder and that sense of feeling out of control, uh, you know, powerless, all the different adjectives that describe that dark place. What would you say to the listening audience in terms of what some of those tools are, what some of the things are that worked for you, knowing that that in itself can work for other people? Because we don't know what we don't know, right? Yeah, exactly. That's like one of the first stages of learning is unconscious incompetence. Exactly that. We don't know what we don't know. Um, And it sometimes takes someone or something or some podcast even or a video. And for me, the real initial catalyst for me was I I got on board and I watched the law of attraction or the secret, right? All about the law of attraction. And um, you watch that video now and it, it feels so 80s. It feels so old, so old, <laughs> but, um, at the time for me, I, I, my mom put it on in the living room. We sat down, we watched it together and there was something about watching that and hearing that message and also having a mom sitting next to me quietly. I could just feel her energy and her support. And I don't know what it was, but like I said, I, I always took a lot on my shoulders and would carry that burden. I just, I don't know, I felt like it lifted because just hearing that and realizing that I am the creator of my own life and I am solely, solely responsible for everything that happens to me. And if I'm choosing to put out energy of stress and feeling out of control, um, et cetera, et cetera, then that's what I'm going to continue to manifest. And so I really, there was something about that film that inspired me to start journaling and writing about my experience. And that turned into, you know, I would, I even did speeches in high school uh, about topics like this. And uh, it just, it really, that was the, the, the film. And then the beginning of starting to write about my feelings and experiences and really transform those limiting beliefs I had at that young age was really the start of my transformation. So, um, you know, sometimes it just takes, like I said, just hearing something that you've heard before, but a different way, um, Mm -hmm. it connects with you. So, and that's Mm -hmm. what really connected with me. Beautiful. And so what was it that you had to relinquish in order to step into the journey based on the things that you sponged up, call it the secret, call it law of attraction, but to get to the pinnacle of you knowing that you were in the zone of confidence yourself, what was it that you had to simultaneously relinquish in order to embrace? Oh God, I love this one. And the first thing that came up for me is I had to relinquish comfort. (laughs) <laughs> mm, yes, because growth does not happen in your comfort zone. And this is something I tell clients all the time is transformation is not easy. And the truth is that people fear 
death. Uh, sorry, they fear change more than they fear death itself, mm -hmm. which is crazy, right? So it's so much easier for us to stay in that mess and in that comfort zone. But for me, I had to relinquish comfort. I had to make decisions that didn't feel comfortable. Um, and one of those was eventually to just throw in a backpack and, and leave Canada and just go travel. And at the time that felt very scary and uncomfortable, but uh, it was like the best decision I could have ever made for myself. <laughs> so. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, and we talk about that quite extensively on this show, you know, you've really got to you know, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And for you to have embarked upon that journey where you put the backpack on and it turned into 30 years and it, or sorry, 30 countries, you know, and, and I know that in the bio it was termed or coined accident. You and I, for, for people who believe staunchly in law of attraction, there is no accident. There is no coincidence. It's all alignment. It's all synergistic energies. It's co-creation. It's really believing in yourself. And when you, when you step into your own self-confidence, then the right people show up, the right opportunities show up. And then that builds a new, a new treadmill of, of momentum where it becomes almost addictive because once you get a taste of the good stuff, you will not give yourself permission to go back into the bat, the, the dark state, right? The things that were counterintuitive, the things that impeded your uh, ability to get fearless, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's really hard to go backwards, I feel. And um, yeah, I resonate with that a lot. Um, Got to just pick up and push forward. I, I remember as well, you know, outside of watching that film and just having that realization, starting to journal, I, I went, uh, I just, I think I was 16 at the time. I jumped in the car, I had my fake ID and I drove up to like the, the dodgiest uh, tattoo parlor that was <laughs> in town. And I got self-acceptance tattooed on, on my body. And I don't regret it. Although I, it. I know I, I do chuckle about how uh, they were like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 18. Here's my fake ID. And um, you know, I was 16 at the time. And boom, they put this amazing tattoo on me. And that reminds me, well, I mean, we all get nude every, every morning and every night. It reminds me to accept myself for who I am and all the uh, mistakes I've made and the journey that I've been on. And it just, uh, it's, it's part of me now. I don't even mm -hmm. see it as a tattoo. It's just, it is, it's my embodiment, you know, so <laughs> I just love how that beautiful. came about. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. So when we talk about confidence and we know that, you know, you're so much further in the transformation of your own journey, and that is only a result of you being committed uh, ongoingly and staunchly committed to your own personal growth and personal development, which we know comes with no expiry date. It's something that you have to harness and you have to hone every single day based on self-commitment, discipline, mastery of self, all those things. But let's talk about even within you feeling like a confident woman, so much so that you are a coach within that realm of expertise. Have you still within feeling confident and knowing that you're on the right path and very much having embraced your purpose? Do you still vacillate with imposter syndrome? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I think to be honest, that's what makes me the best uh, coach because I'm I'm coming from a place of understanding and I'm coming through a place of uh, dealing with those peaks and troughs myself. Um, mm -hmm. And we go through phases of life, right? I feel like every week is a new phase for me and there's something to be learned about myself every week. And there's something new to be trying 
all the time. And um, man, I mean, this transformation of becoming a confidence coach and having to understand what confidence is and means and how to develop it because it is a skill, right? Mm -hmm. We're not just, we're not just born confident or not confident. That's not how it happens. We develop our confidence over time. We develop it through our experiences. And I'm going through stuff all the time. And I feel it makes me very compassionate to uh, the individuals I speak to is because, again, comes back to the same thing. We're all we're all bound by the same vulnerability in the stories that we have. Um, And because I have these peaks and troughs and experience the highs and lows of sometimes wondering what the heck I'm doing and am I doing it right and could I be better and that those moments of self-doubt is then I then use the tools that I have at hand and work myself through them. Beautiful. Well, no differently than when we talk about uh, generic terms, whether it be leadership, whether it be mindset, whether it be emotional intelligence, whether it be all those things, imposter syndrome to focus on that and delve a little bit deeper, that shows up differently for each person individually. So in your moment of feeling, you know, that inclination where it starts to kick in, what does that show up feeling like or resonating like with you? Yeah. So, I mean, most of the, so I didn't really know it was called imposter syndrome when I was experiencing it. And that's Mm -hmm. funny because I feel like this term has actually been around for a long time, but I feel Mm -hmm. like it's become very mainstream lately. Um, and really I dealt with the majority of my imposter syndrome when I worked in my, my prior career in financial derivatives. Um, because I didn't, I didn't take that traditional path in. I didn't go to get an economics degree or a PhD or, you know, spend all my time talking about numbers and finance and, um, the economy and et cetera, et cetera. So when I ended up in that role, I, I kind of felt, it's actually funny. (laughs) Just going to digress here. When I actually had my interview for the company, the, the the CEO afterwards said to someone else in the office who then passed this message on to me that, we're going to knock the confidence out of her. That's what they said. (laughs) When I interviewed uh, for the job, they actually said, we're going to knock the confidence out of her, which is funny because then, you know, all those years of working there, yes, I showed confidence in a lot of areas, but I battled in my own mind a lot of, am I right for this job? Um, You know, being a woman in a very masculine dominated industry, right? Financial derivatives is like, I don't know what the stat is, but let's call it like over 90% male, right? Mm -hmm. I was on a broking floor with uh, one other woman. And then I would go on to trading floors uh, and be like literally the only woman there. And so sometimes I would think, should I even be here just because I'm a woman? And Mm -hmm. I would have that thought of, I feel a bit like a fraud. And then my mind would start to like spin out to be like, well, I don't have the same qualifications as everyone. And what am I even doing here? And am I even good at my job? And why are these opportunities coming to me? And I would almost convince myself that I shouldn't be there. And that's, it's obviously really negative to go down that thought train, but so many of us go down that road is even when we're seeing some of the greatest successes in our lives and having some of the best accomplishments and we're breaking through uh, stereotypes and boundaries and gender gaps and all of this stuff, we still have that inner voice that says, yeah, but you shouldn't be here, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I dealt with a lot of that in my career. And it wasn't actually until I decided to leave 
and then study what I'm studying now that I understood imposter syndrome and can make the correlation between what I was feeling and what it actually is. So yeah. Beautiful. Well, I just want to circle back because you said something that was really key and pivotal that I think is important to impress upon the listening audience. And again, eventually the podcast subscribers. So when you, when you were talking about your experience and you were questioning, like, should I be here just based on the fact that I'm a, whim- a woman, you know, it's very important uh, to differentiate and discern the difference between between, in some cases, what makes up imposter syndrome and breaking it down and putting it into its own category of just social conditioning, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of the conditions that are going on, whether it's things that have been Im- embedded upon our own blueprint from the inception of just being born onwards, whether it be in the family, whether it be in the community, whether it be in academia, uh, whatever the case may be, you know, it's very important to recalibrate the mindset and deconstruct that whole, uh, you know, the conditioning that's placed upon us where we have to start questioning, okay, do I really subscribe to this? Do I really wholeheartedly inherently believe in this? Or am I believing in it because it's been impressed upon me to do so for X amount of years? And then it just becomes habit forming, right? Absolutely. We are, we're actually like cement our belief system by the time we are five years old. Mm. And um, obviously we need to do some updating all of us, but um, yeah, yeah, there's two things, right? There's that, that imposter syndrome, which is kind of feeling doubtful about your capabilities and, and uh, like saying that you got where you are because of luck, not through hard work and achievement. And then there's also, um, yes, our belief systems of what we are taught growing up and our presuppositions of the world, which for me, probably, I'm probably discovering some of it on the call with you right now is uh, perhaps some of the reason why I felt that way is because um, I would say my presupposition has always been finance is a man's game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having that belief system in my mind would definitely have attributed to feeling that way. Absolutely. And kind of knowing, oh, well that I, I said it early, it's a masculine dominated industry. I worked with men and, um, you know, perhaps a lot of my thought process was, well, what am I doing here? Because I'm a woman. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be a very hard uh, correlation to make in that particular situation based on, we know the stats to be that it is predominantly male oriented and male driven. So, I mean, I can appreciate why Anybody, regardless of how confident they are, would be having that question mark type moment and self-dialoguing conversation. And I want to talk about self-dialoguing because when we talk about, and I'm sure this comes up quite a bit for you, Kimberly, in your consultations and in your uh, mentoring client sessions. But, you know, when we talk about confidence, it really is a derivative based on how we speak to ourselves. Because Mm -hmm. if we choose, and it's a choice, but if we elect to choose uh, to speak to ourselves no differently than as a fellow compassionate human being, how we would be inclined to only so kindly speak or embrace or approach somebody external to us, then I think that in itself breaks it down, right? It, it, it breaks it down to the point where, yes, why would I talk to myself or treat myself or embrace myself like a second-class citizen? Because it's self-love and it, everything begins with self. True? Absolutely. I love also how you use the word derivative there. (laughs) It just made me chuckle. Um, Absolutely. Like, you know, we have, what is it now? 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day on average. 
And for the majority of us, majority of us, 80% of those thoughts we have are us living in the past and mm-hmm. rehashing old scenarios and rehashing kind of negative inner dialogue. And that means for the majority of us, we're not creating a positive future. We're recreating a negative past. And so self-talk is really the beginning of any transformation. It's how you treat yourself mm-hmm. sets the bar for how everybody else treats you. Bingo. You have to start loving yourself if you want others to love you or you want to be able to love others. And it all starts from within. And I can't stress that enough. And I still have to work on that because Mm -hmm. my self-talk is not perfect. And it has been 31 years of trying to change that around and only really realizing in recent years how to begin to do that. But absolutely, our inner dialogue and the way we speak to ourselves is the beginning of any transformation. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. So let's talk about your ideal client. I mean, obviously, it's anybody who falls within the realms of lacking self-confidence, right? I mean, totally. so that opens up the whole world. <laughs> I uh, recently read a study and it says that 85% of us struggle with self-esteem. I don't know. I don't know what the other 15% are doing (laughs) because um, we all have these battles at some point. And maybe we get through some days where we're feeling great and on top of the world. And it's very easy to be optimistic when life is going great, right? Yes. It's very easy to be optimistic and say lots of great things about ourselves when things are going really smoothly. Um, But that's not the case all the time. Um, And so really my, my ideal client is anybody that is becoming aware of that they can make some improvements in this area and wants to invest in themselves. So my ideal client is man or woman Mm -hmm. that is looking to increase their self-love and self-compassion, who wants to increase their confidence and who wants to, as a result, level up in life and business. So beautiful, you know, it doesn't matter who you are and it can be as young as a teenage girls and boys as well. Cause like I mentioned before, I think I mentioned before is that we struggle with our lowest uh, levels of confidence in our teenage years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for re-clarifying that because yeah, that, that particular demographic struggles the most and that's a very impressionable time and you can go one of two ways as many people do. Right. And so, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And so mentoring up, coaching up is pivotal. And for parents who would play that key role in identifying those struggles and challenges uh, who are too close to it um, mm. based on the relationship. Yes, it's very important. Do the work, do the research, connect with Kimberly. Absolutely. And so, there's a sorry, real quickly, Lisa, yes. uh, there's a real opportunity as well for uh, parents because I struggled when I was younger a lot and oh, bless my mother and father for doing the absolute best they can. Let's be honest. Parents mess up their kids. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter who you are. Mom, dad, if you're out there listening, I'm sorry, but you're going to mess up your kids. It's just the truth. And so there's a real opportunity for parents as well 
to understand and learn how to become a coach as a parent Mm -hmm. and to learn to put that coaching hat on and to, instead of trying to tell your children what to do, because it might've worked for you or you read a study and you just want to apply it and fix them right away because you love them so much. um, It's, it's really much more helpful when you apply the coach approach and allow the individual to explore themselves and decide what's most important from them from their internal wisdom. And that's really what coaches do is help bring out people's internal wisdom. And so, um, yeah, just before we moved on from that, it's just, there's a real opportunity for parents to, um, to talk to me as well, or, or, uh, to, to do their own self studies, how to apply that coach approach as a parent. Beautiful. Beautiful. And if you act, is that part of your practice? Like, have you sat down with parents, with teens and, and try to, um, reconcile that role for people who have never worn it, aren't comfortable with it, wouldn't even know the first ways in which to approach wearing that hat? Not with the parent and the teen, um, but separately. Yes, okay. with the parent, I would have that conversation. Yeah, it's uh, the dynamic I don't feel would work um, with them together. Okay. Uh, then we're moving past, you know, the bounds of you know, my capability. And I think maybe Mm -hmm. counseling at that point is more appropriate, but certainly if a parent was interested to understand how to uh, take that coach approach and to learn some of those fundamentals, that's absolutely something I would do. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, based on all the people that have come through your doors and all the people that you've been instrumental in building confidence and self-esteem with Kimberly, you know, it probably would be difficult to draw upon say, for example, one example, but in terms of the most transformation that you have bore witness to as a result of your facilitating and your role within that dynamic, can you share with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, somebody coming through the initial stages of walking through your door for say an initial consult to the transformation of them going, okay, I can fly. You've given me the tools. I trust in myself. I believe in myself. I have the confidence to go soar. Can you share an example of what you've witnessed? Yeah. And one person comes to mind initially and I, I, oh, this person's so uh, near and dear to me as well. And this was a a three months that we spent together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember, you know, the initial conversation was very, it's this, uh, this question that we get asked and we don't know how to answer is what do you want? What do you Mm. want in life? And most people, when they're asked, what do they, what do you want in life? They're like, I don't know. <laughs> right. You tell me, you tell me, what do you, what do you mean? What do I want? All I could think about is that scene from the movie, the notebook when they're yeah. fighting outside the car. <laughs> what do you want? No, what do you want? It's not that easy. And they're just arguing. Right. And all that, all that just comes to mind that scene. But for this transformation in three months to un- not understanding what uh, she wanted at all to three months later, being very clear on what she wanted and having the confidence to make the decisions and inspired action to start working towards those goals in a matter of three months. And uh, that's a very simple example, but uh, very profound to have somebody uh, really understand themselves and also start moving to uh, manifest their uh, their new uh, ideal of themselves within a three-month time frame. So, yeah. Well, and what I'm going to say to that is that speaks to your skill set, because when you look at and not knowing the age of that person, but regardless of the age, three months, that's very impressive. I mean, you must have really been working really intensely with this person, because oftentimes 
to for somebody to walk in, not know what it is that they want, but then within a three month turnaround period of time, feel that they've gotten the clarity, feel like they can go soar. You're eradicating many years of crap, right? And and, <laughs> and, many, and, and many years of uh, self-imposed non-beliefs. Uh, it could be an infrastructure of non-supportive people, toxic people that you've got to eradicate, right? You've got to align yourself with the right people. You've got to consume yourself with the right thoughts. You've got to take the right actionable steps uh, for the results to materialize and results don't lie. So I just want to say that in itself, Kimberly, three months, that is super impressive at a coach level, coaching level, um, because that's a, a, that's a plethora of a lifetime of uh, non-serving beliefs and concepts that one would have to eradicate and, and relinquish in order to get to the point of what you've just described with that particular client. So good on you. Well, thank you. However, I absolutely do not take the credit. It is completely a result of that individual working hard to make those changes. And uh, it is not possible without them digging mm -hmm. in and doing the work. So I, I take the credit and put it completely on uh, the individual because, uh, like we said, change does not you know, growth does not happen in your comfort zone. And she was willing to accept that and push forward. And mm -hmm. as a result, she got, she got what she is deserving in life. And it's all because of her and the work that she put in. So, yeah. Well, and, and from coach to coach, I can appreciate your humbleness and whatnot, but we know, we know that, you know, and it does take a client who is initially receptive, like when, you know, they, they're tired of being tired, they're sick of the same results and the results being the ones that don't serve them, they're counterintuitive. Uh, but when somebody steps into, okay, I don't know what I don't know, I don't know where to, uh, where to begin, uh, but I'm going to entrust you, Kimberly. Uh, you know, this is where I'm at. This is my end result. This is what I hope to achieve. And this is what I hope to achieve alongside you. So for a person to have gone from point A to point B as a result of your uh, leadership and as a part of the role, and it's a very intimate role that you play. It's a very, you know, it's a very trusting role. So I just want to give that back to you because you could have been a different kind of coach or you could have been somebody who wasn't involved in the picture at all. And this person still wouldn't have made that leap of faith and still wouldn't have the success story that they've now come out with. So I say own it and good for you still. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate that a lot. And so, you know, for somebody who's staunchly committed to personal growth, personal development, you know, people like us, we have lofty goals. Uh, there's always things that we, you know, have our hats in the arena with. So what's upcoming for you or what's the next thing that you're embarking upon that would be of interest to the listeners who perhaps if it's something like speaking or if it's something like writing, where else can people absorb your content and follow you? Yeah, thank you. Well, I happen to be sitting here in my office and right above where I'm speaking uh, is my dream life, my business goals, and what I need to do to get there and my weekly business schedule. So I'm just going to pick something <laughs> off that wall because um, I mean, yes. Yeah, so I, one of the things I, I do want to mention is I just finished uh, filming uh, a online course for women and it is called the business academy and this is a six-week course designed for uh, women to catapult their confidence and career success so it is specifically designed to help women 
learn to deal with conflict in the workplace, to advocate for themselves, to understand the delicate balance of masculine and feminine energies, because oftentimes we feel we need to adopt a masculine energy to be successful. And so I speak to that in the program. Um, And I also teach women exactly the framework they need to get a raise or a promotion, which is often a subject that women avoid um, compared to men. So uh, this is something I'm very, very proud of that is uh, just launched a few days ago. Um, And I actually wanted, uh, I'm glad we got to this point because um, this is, you know, this is my bread and butter. This is everything that I've learned and individuals I've interviewed to put this uh, self-paced course together for women so they can take it and learn in the comfort of their home um, and do a very specially curated workbook that goes along with it. And um, actually, for anyone that is interested in that, um, I made a special coupon code just for listeners of this call today. So if they're interested in that course, they can get a lofty 30% discount. And I made the coupon in all uppercase Lisa. So (laughs) they just got to type in your lovely name uh, in order to get that discount. And um, yes, it's called the Business Academy. They can find it by going uh, to my website, KimberlyNinaHill.com. There's a tab there called the Business Academy. Um, There's three different course packages that they can look at taking. So that, you know, that's something that I have been working very, very hard on and just super proud that it's just gone live. Uh, Can't wait for that to impact women across the globe. I know it will. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just another format in order to get that inspiration and get that uh, coaching. So it's very much works on the exciting taking, you know, um, the mindset application of building your confidence, but also practical tools and tips and actual framework so you can apply it. So it's a combination of the woo woo <laughs> and, um, and the actual practical skills, which I think is, is what we need. Um, absolutely. and, uh, yeah, absolutely. I have a goal 2020. I want to get on a TEDx a stage. Um, I know I, uh, I'm really getting interested in uh, doing speaking. Um, and I think I was just going for a walk around my block the other night and just had some serious inspiration, came home and sat down and wrote my TEDx speech. So it is ready to go. I just need to get on that stage. <laughs> okay. I going to say something to that. And I say this quite often and it's not my term. I didn't coin it. But, and this also comes from law of attraction. You know, you have to believe it to see it. And the fact that you took that actionable step and you already forecast for yourself, it's a non-negotiable. You know, you've already put it out there to the universe. And then in real actionable time, you will catch up to that. But you've already demonstrated that you believe in yourself, this being inherent of self-confidence, this being inherent of self-worth and self-esteem. Because had you not you wouldn't have written your, your TEDx speech. So good for you. Thank you. I, it's funny. Sometimes you just get like just this burst of energy and inspiration. And it's like, I don't know what to do with it unless I somehow let that energy out on a piece of paper or, you know, for the digital age, I, I typed out my energy, I guess. (laughs) I don't know who would actually take pen and paper these days and write a speech. Oh, I do. Do you? Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yes, I do everything. And you know what? That's important to also say for the listeners too. And I talk about this every so often when when it's appropriate and it comes up in conversation is, you know, now we're in the day of electronics. Everybody's doing their manuscripts. Everybody's doing everything by code and, you know, by computer and, and whatnot. 
But you're actually, if you're writing down, whether you're writing a book, whether you're writing a blog, if you start off initially by hand, you're exercising both sides of the brain, which means you're utilizing every creative component within you, which means you're going to produce and manifest a more polished, a more intuitively reflective of who you are piece of content. Absolutely. I I agree with that. And I do definitely write on paper as well. And it's funny because I love all I'm bringing out all these stats today, but it's 42% more likely that your goal, if you write a goal down for it to become true, if you write it down, right? Not just say it in your head, but if you write it down, it's 42% more likely to actually manifest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Write your goals down, people take your goals put them on paper. Don't even type them out, write them down, put them on your fridge. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, when we talk about people who need to stay in the zone and people who need to be on top of their game, what are some of your daily rituals, proclamations, declarations, uh, mantras, whatever the case may be, what is your daily regimen that keeps you on the straight and narrow Kimberly? Yeah, great one. So I, uh, I try and wake up at the same time every day. It's not perfect, but <laughs> I'm okay. working on it. I'm dealing with the, because um, uh, I lived away in Australia and Singapore for 10 years. So I didn't really have a good winter for the last decade. And coming back to Vancouver, it's like, wow, like I can really see how this weather impacts people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my my routine that I am pretty darn good at following every day is I, I start listening to, I wake up and uh, I actually ask myself, a couple of questions every morning. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you guys what those questions are because you can write them down and they're really, really powerful to help you wake up and not wake up, hey, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No, you have a choice to change how you wake up. And yes. these questions can help you do that. And the questions are, number one, what am I looking forward to today? Mm. And when I woke up today, I, I said, I'm looking forward to this interview. And I got excited and I built that energy around that, right? The second question is, what am I looking forward to longer term, right? So not just focusing on the initial day, but what am I looking to in life? Like overall, what am I working towards? And am I doing things that lead directly to my goals? Mm, Beautiful. The next question, there's two more. And it's, I ask myself these every morning is, am I being my best friend and supporter? Love it. And the last question is, am I in my body and enjoying the gift of being alive? Beautiful. Okay. Now you, you've, you've touched upon a couple of things that are very near and dear to my heart, because one of the things I often pref, uh, preface is, you know, be your own hero, be your own shiro, be your own leader and be your own best friend. And this kind of ties in and loops back to uh, self-dialogue, because it doesn't matter if you have a great infrastructure of support or you have the most supportive significant other, or you have a great rapport with your parents or your peers, your colleagues. At the end of the day, you're still by yourself 24-7 in your head, regardless of who may surround you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and the other thing that you talked about too is, and we do talk about this, um, particularly for people like myself who've had a, a near-death experience, and it shouldn't take that to embrace the miracle and the gift of life. 
Um, because when you look at statistics, and we've cited that throughout the course of this interview, the miracle of any of us here being born, and yes, we're all born into difficult circumstances at different times, or there's things that we have to eradicate or overcome adversity-wise, but within that, there's still a lesson, there's still a gift, and we can use those experiences to not only catapult ourselves into showing up as the best, most improved version of ourselves, but then when we identify that as perhaps being a mission, a light, a purpose, then we can take those skills, we can take the inherent uh, learned lesson, and we can, we can anchor everybody else up, right? So yes, the gift of life in itself, I mean, people take that for granted all the time, or people presuppose that there's going to be another 24 hours, or that they're in fact going to wake up the next day, no guarantee of that. So yes, people like you and I, but I think it should apply to everyone, regardless of vocation, uh, you know, don't, don't delay or prolong your greatness. If there's something you feel a calling to do, step into it now. Start now. Connect with people now. Mentor up now uh, because there's no guarantee that that's, that opportunity or that time is going to be afforded to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Am I in my body and am I enjoying the gift of being alive? Because Outside of what we mentioned earlier, where our stories and our vulnerability bind us together, one of the other things that binds us all together as a human species is that the one thing we all have in common is that we are all going to die. Yeah. And it's only when we can face this inevitability that we are all going to die can we truly enjoy living and understand that life is a gift and we have to live in the present. And that then goes into a whole other interview we could have about talking about mindfulness. Yes. And, you know, slowing down and enjoying and just enjoying that bite of food or that interaction you're having with someone. And, and um, you know, absolutely, it's really the inevitability of death is what we have to remind ourselves about because that's what causes us to live our lives in the fullest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't believe it. I uh, couldn't support that more than I already do. I mean, really, you're preaching to the preacher here. So <laughs> uh, being cognizant of time, I would like to give you the opportunity as well, Kimberly, uh, everything we've discussed in this interview has been instrumental. It's been value, chalk-filled value. It's been impactful. In many cases, it's been transformational and will be for the listening audience. But if there was one specific or particular takeaway out of all that you've shared, what would you want that to be that resonates the most with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers? Oh, uh, big question. Um <clears throat> Oh, we're going to have to break it down to one thing, right? <laughs> sure, if you can. <laughs> oh, if I can. My God, I was like, I always want to like, how can I like say like 30 more lessons right now? Um, I think it goes back to really what we spoke about pretty much on this entire call. And that is the, the start of any transformation is believing in yourself mm-hmm. and believing that you are worth it, believing that you can do it, believing that your dreams are possible. And not allowing people to tell you otherwise and making sure that you are living your dreams, not somebody else's. Bingo. Bingo. Well, and you had also said something that I thought was quite pivotal uh, probably about five minutes ago. And when we're talking about the course that you've created, the online course, uh, you know, in terms of being able to ask for a raise, that's very important for women as well, too, because oftentimes women specifically, unfortunately, get very squeamish around the whole topic of monies and, and being able to 
you know, put on the table, no, this is my worth, right? Th this is what I believe that I have to bring to the table. Um, and no differently than a man, um, I should get paid and compensated for what I'm worth. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because when we talk when we talk about confidence or we talk about other aspects of self-esteem or self-worth, a lot of people can wrap their brain around that. But then for whatever reason, people tend to trip themselves up when it comes to finances. I'm sure oh, you've yeah. encountered that a lot. Oh, absolutely. And as like one of the exact um, parts of this online course is the, the six week is all about uh, how to get a raise. And we talk earlier as well. And this is so important because this goes back to those presuppositions we have about life where women, um, and I read a KPMG study where it's like women's, uh, the lessons that women were taught growing up is to put others first and be nice to others. So it really makes us uncomfortable when we have to put ourselves first. And in order to get a raise and self-promote, you have to put yourself first. So we have to get comfortable having money-based conversations and learning what our worth is and what our financial worth is. Because yes, we still have a gender uh, gap. Mm -hmm. uh, women are still getting paid significantly less than men. In fact, around 25% less than men still. And our education doesn't make a difference. So even women that go as far as getting PhDs are still getting paid less than men with the same qualifications. Um, and part of the reason, and there's a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons is that women do not ask for raises and promotions as often as men do. Mm -hmm. And when women do get around to asking, they typically are asking for 20% less. Wow. Because women suffer from what's called perfectionism, right? <laughs> so in order for us to feel like we can ask for that large number, we feel like we have to be like, oh my, I almost swore there. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we dropped that bombs here. My guest oh, and do I you? do. Feel free. <laughs> oh God. We feel like we have to be fucking perfect in yes. order to uh, apply for that job or ask for that certain amount of money. And it's time for us to get rid of those limiting beliefs. Yes. Because you are worth it. You are, you do deserve it and you can earn. And I get, sorry, you can see my energy. I'm super passionate about this. I because, love it. <laughs> because here's the thing, right? And I talk about this again in, in this course. And that's why it's so important to me is that if a woman gets a $5,000 raise, right? If you go in and you're like, fine, I'm worth it. I need to be getting paid more. And you negotiate a $5,000 raise. Mm -hmm. It's not just $5,000. It's $5,000 compounded each year over the term of your entire working career. And if a woman went and invested that at, let's say, what, 6% return, she's going to end up at the end of her uh, career having an extra $400,000 in her pocket. So it is absolutely worth pushing through that discomfort now in order to get what you deserve because it's not just about $5,000 this year. It's about the massive impact that that will have over time. And if you are shorting yourself now in that area, you're shorting yourself a huge, huge financial opportunity. And that's just I love, love so. that you said that. Absolutely love because that that really hits home at a deeper level when you put it into that particular context. So thank you very much for sharing it and expressing it that particular yeah. way. Um, Get saving on the $3 coffee, right? We all do yes. save money. I'm going to deny myself this one pleasure. No, have all the coffees you want, but just get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
Well, and it goes back to the old adage that I truly subscribe to, too, is people will only treat you how you let them. So if you're always underselling yourself or you're devaluing yourself, then people are going to see the shortcut in that and they're going to think, OK, well, she doesn't think she's worthy of this. So we'll just like, you know, we'll just throw some crumbs and she'll be satisfied with that. Yeah. And or it, she's the easiest one to let go because she's not going to make a fuss about it. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, fight for yourself. And, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about money or if you're talking about anything that you're, you feel a calling to do, or you're feeling uh, impassioned by, you know, and oftentimes too, when it comes to women, working women, we're mothers as well. And I find it really funny that people can default to that, that place of power only if they've got children in which to advocate for. Okay, well, I'll ask for that raise because it's not just me that needs to be fed. It's also my children and I've got to put braces on their teeth and I've got to, mm -hmm. you know, build that trust fund for university or whatever. Um, and I've seen that even within social services. You know, oftentimes a woman won't leave an abusive relationship until it's the children that are on the receiving end of the abuse. But yep. if she herself is the one being abused, she'll stay. I know, right? And uh, it's, I guess it's finding that something to get yourself inspired by. But women, ladies, men, get inspired by yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So Kimberly, again, being cognizant of time, I want to give you an opportunity. Where can people reach out to you for an initial consultation? Where can TEDx reach out to you? Where, <laughs> where can everybody reach out to you, especially for the online course that you've put together? I love it. So uh, the easiest way to find me um, is my website, uh, www.kimberlyninahill.com. Uh, that will get you uh, basically navigating to all the different areas. Um, but if you wanted to find me directly or to find the information directly on my course, that's at academy.selfconfidenceproject.com. Um, TEDx out there. You guys can email me at, <laughs> at you can email me at info at selfconfidenceproject.com. Um, and of course, I've got all the you know social media. I've got a Facebook page, the Self Confidence Project. I've got uh, my Instagram at Kimberly Nina Hill, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm on LinkedIn as well under my name. So yeah, but the easiest way to find me and what will navigate you to all those different areas uh, and to book a direct consult with me is Kimberly Nina Hill. Com. I've got my story up there. It's super bright and pink and inspirational. So check it out. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. And so very clearly you are somebody who's chosen, because again, it's a choice to embody what it means to live fearlessly. But this gets interpreted differently by every guest uh, who I showcase. What does living fearlessly mean to you, Kimberly? It means going for your dreams and not letting other people tell you that they're too big. Fantastic. Fantastic. And are you, even though you're in the realm of coaching, do you yourself have a coach? Do you utilize coaches yourself? Yes, I do. I actually am in the process of uh, getting a new one. Uh, and so I'm interviewing a couple coaches at the moment. So, uh, oh, if there's a coach listening, <laughs> oh, there's tons co of coaches listening. Any coach, coaches listening, I am, I am looking to, uh, to, to, I just finished. And so I'm looking to get another coach because absolutely I believe in the power of uh, having a coach and someone there to keep you accountable. 
Um, and as we all know, women who invest in themselves, they go further. So invest in yourself. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I just want to say, Kimberly, it's been an absolute honor and a privilege to have spent time with you today talking about some of my favorite subject matters. And, uh, I'm all fired up now. I think I'm going to have to go burn off some steam, run around the the street. I mean, I love talking to people who don't just like profess what it is that they believe in, but you can feel it in their energy. Everything is about energy and the energy that you have chosen to emit here to not only to myself but to the listening audience and the podcast subscribers it's infectious I mean so even if somebody didn't know what their goal was necessarily or didn't know what the first step about what to do I energetically I'm sure they're vibrating as much as what I am right now so I just want to say thank you very much for the gift of your time thank you for continuously paying it board and being of service to the collective and showing up in all the ways that you do not just for the collective but first and foremost having chosen to show up for yourself because it does start with self to the listening audience i want to thank you very much for taking time out of your own busy schedule for tuning into myself and my guest kimberly hill of this friday on living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald i'm very exceptionally clear on my purpose my purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more until next friday i wish you a fantastic day a wonderful safe weekend and all my best love and gratitude to all of you including you kimberly take care everyone goodbye hey this is al cole from cbs radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.